Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press Pass Podcast, sponsored by the Press Republican Newspaper here in Plattsburgh, New York, in lovely Clinton County in New York's North Country. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe LaTemplio, Editor-in-Chief. Glad to be here today. I have my trusty sidekick, Night Editor Ben Rowe, is with us. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Nice to have you. And we have a special guest today, a newcomer to the podcast, our relatively new staff writer, Carly Newton, is joining us today for a few words of wisdom. Carly joined us in early December, I believe, yeah. fresh out of Plattsburgh State, by way of Port Henry, New York, in Essex County. Welcome, Carly. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> we look forward to hearing lots of good things. Um Unfortunately, I have to start out by informing you and our, our listeners you, the listener. um, of an unfortunate incident that occurred to me last, when was it? Last Tuesday, March 8th. It's been a while now. Um, and I remember uh, at the end of the day, it was a busy day, a fruitful day, a good day. I remember pulling in my driveway, coming home from work around 8 o'clock, and I was thinking, ah, a lot of things went right today. Today was a good day. I'm going to go home, have something to eat, relax, and then go to bed. And I got out of my car, and I went to go get the mail in the mailbox across the street. And it was it was dark. It was 8 o'clock. It was prior to daylight saving time. And apparently there was a puddle of water at the foot of my driveway that had frozen into a sheet of ice. And it was dark. I didn't see it. And I'm walking across to go to the mailbox, and the next thing I know, literally, is I am flat on my back. Hard. My Both feet flew right out from under me. You know the cartoons? Uh-huh. That's true. That really happens. I had no idea. It happened so fast, I had no chance. And I was laying on the ground in shock. I had a bunch of stuff in my pockets, my, my glasses, my phone, my keys. That all flew out of my pockets. And... I, I laid there, and I took an inventory. Like, okay, what's broken? Can I wiggle my fingers? <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was like I couldn't believe it. And I, I did not hit my head. How? I have no idea because I went down backwards hard. And my wrist hurt a little bit at the time. And I was like, okay, I'll, that's not too bad. So I grabbed my things, reached over and grabbed the stuff that fell out of my pocket, put it back in my pocket. Did you get the mail? And I'm getting there, Ben. <laughs> um, so I, uh, and I was like, okay, now i got to get up. And I couldn't get up because it was sliding on the ice. So I somehow rolled over and crawled off the ice patch onto the tarmac, the dry tarmac. And I had been laying on the ground for about three or four minutes. And I was thinking, man, if I had hit my head and I couldn't move, I'd be out there all night. My wife would have had no idea. <laughs> so I got up. I um, collected myself. I did go get the mail. And I went and got um, stuff out of my car. And by the time I reached the front door, my hand was killing me. Uh, I felt incredible pain in my wrist. I couldn't move my fingers. Nothing. And... Uh, I knew something was wrong. Uh, I was hoping it was maybe just a bad sprain, 
Um, so I walked in the door, and uh, our daughter was going to visit the next day, so my wife was cleaning and mopping. She goes, I just mopped the floor. Get off the floor. I said, honey, I fell. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> no, 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 I really hurt myself. He goes, oh, you're fine. <laughs> Stop whining. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, so that night, um, my wrist hurt really bad, so I iced it, took some uh, Advil, and... Um, I figured, okay, I should probably go get it checked the next day. So that night was horrible. I couldn't sleep. It hurt so bad. I couldn't even move my fingers. Now I can move them. Um, so the next day I called my um, regular doctor, Dr. Ambler's office, and there I said, I fell. I think I broke my hand, wrist, whatever. And they're like, all right, come on in. We'll see the PA. So I came in. They checked me out. They sent me for x-rays, which I went right up and got. And they called me about an hour later, and the woman, she said, she said, winner, winner, you have a broken wrist. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. So they made arrangements for me to, they were going to make an appointment with the hand surgeon specialist. But in the meantime, they also made an appointment for me up to Well Now Urgent Care to mm -hmm. get a splint put on. So I went up there, they put the splint on, which you, well, where our listeners can't see, but you can see it. Pretty bulky thing. Um, it is. It's bulky and it's it's annoying, but it's stabilizing the wrist and it is what we have to work with. So my appointment with the hand specialist was supposed to be Tuesday, March fifteenth at one thirty p.m. at Doctor uh, Matarisi's office, which is in the professional building at the hospital on Cornelia Street. So that day comes, and I'm like, oh, finally, I can get to go see the hand surgeon and get this stupid splint off or something. I'm hoping I don't have to have surgery. And I'm thinking, it's been a week. If I had to have surgery, she's seen the x-ray. She's seen the report. She would have called me in by now, I'm hoping. So, wouldn't you know, Tuesday's the day, there's a shooting in Plattsburgh. And the victims wind up at the hospital. And the shooters are still on the loose. So the police, protocol calls, dictates... Block, lock down the hospital. Nobody in or out. All appointments canceled, including mine at 1.30. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So they gave this hospital the all clear at 1.40 p.m. I missed it by 10 minutes. So I called the doctor. I said, oh, please. No, sorry. We can see you next Tuesday, which will be next Tuesday, March 22nd. So I'm still waiting to get a final prognosis of my wrist i do know it's broken um i've been wearing this bulky splint for two weeks now or almost two weeks trying to get used to it it's getting a little better um <laughs> it doesn't hurt per se unless i move it the wrong way here or there um but you know showering shaving and all that stuff is really difficult as well as writing and some things like that so well yes you broke your I don't know if you mentioned that you broke your dominant hand like your right Mess, hand. Yes, my right hand, the hand I used. <laughs> and I will be 60 years old in a couple of weeks, and I was like, damn, I almost made it to 60 without any broken bones in my life ever. So this is my first broken bone. Which is kind of surprising because, you know, you're a hockey player and all that. Yeah, I've had <laughs> uh, teeth knocked out, um, stitches, plenty of stitches, scars, sprains, bumps, bruises, but never a broken bone. 
So this is the worst injury you've ever had? I, I guess you could qualify that. <laughs> Unless, well, no, I had a really bad um, spike wound in my leg when I was a teenager. Ah. Gouged a big hole in my leg. Um, How do you do that? But, you know, you wear, back in the day, the spikes you wore for baseball were metal oh, and sharp. Yeah. And I collided with a teammate in the outfield, and he stepped on my leg, and, and he gouged a huge hole in my leg. That was that was pretty bad. Um, but this, yeah, I don't know. I'd almost take that over this. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. Like I said, I'm hoping I don't have to have surgery, and and uh, I'm hoping that it heals properly and it doesn't give me problems the rest of my life. But be warned, folks. Now is a tricky time of year where you think winter's winding down and there's no more snow or ice to be worried about or deal with. It's still out there. So be careful. Step gingerly. Wear spikes if you have them. And just overall take care. How about Carly? What's your worst injury? Um, probably when I tore my ACL. My oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. That's the, a bad one. The first day of practice my junior year of high school. Oh, yeah. first day of practice? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like, I was just routinely going, and um, we were scrimmaging, and I went to kick the ball back like I normally would to save it from going out of bounds, and when my leg landed, all I heard was a pop, and I was like, I've never heard that before. You know, when you play soccer, you have injuries, and... You hurt your knee from time to time, and I did, but this was different. I couldn't even put weight on it, and I, I had to get surgery, and it was a really <laughs> long rehab, but I did end up going back for my senior year and playing again. So, Amazing. Yeah. Non-contact ACL injuries. Yep. There, oh, it happens a lot. Yeah, That's... I had never even heard of an ACL before I told mine. <laughs> Do you know what it stands for, Ben Rowe? Uh, acerbic no. circulation <laughs> ligament. Yeah. Anterior cruciate ligament. Yeah. I didn't get the last part right. <laughs> but no, I've heard of my time being the de facto third or fourth sports person is the, uh, the ACL. <laughs> it's bad, yeah. The ACL, and then there's another one, the Tommy John. Yes, that's baseball. Yeah. Yes. Where they basically rebuild your elbow. Yes, I think that one sounds cool. Bad, but cool. <laughs> I will um, say though, yes, that one of the one of the advantages of being relatively non-athletic is that I never had to deal with any of this. Yeah, but you could slip on the ice. <laughs> I could. No, I avoid ice for that particular reason. Is that I will say is that as a photographer for Cardinal Points, the Sydney Plattsburgh paper, we had this section, the um, in the card section, where we profiled local SUNY Plattsburgh athletes, and one of them was a um, a goalie. And so they, we took portraits of them, like, you know, standing kind of in their position, like pretending to pitch or pretending to kick a ball or whatever. And so we got her in the goal, and I went and took her photo, which involved me going out onto the ice. And is that I had never been on the ice before, and so I was just walking along, and then, like you were saying, Joe, is that all of a sudden you're just, whoa, smack. And I was on my back on the ice, and the, the two um, hockey players are like, oh, my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm okay. And then I get up, and then I try and walk out normal, and then again, and bam. And is the, it's, it hurts. It does. When you're walking on ice, especially a hockey rink, it's best to shuffle. 
yes, I didn't know that back then. <laughs> and it's, I wasn't wearing a helmet or anything. And it's just that, yeah, that, that was, so I, I avoid the ice from now on. So I don't blame you. That is my trick. Um, uh, but no, ACL is a big injury. So yes. For you to come back from that, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, it, and it was scary too. Like a, besides just the physical part that you have to rehab, it's like mentally, mm-hmm. you know, trusting your knee again. is. Mm-hmm. And my mom did not want me to go back. Oh, I'll bet. She was like, you're, you're you're not going to be a professional. Why are you going back? And it's like, <laughs> well, thanks, Mom. But, um, no, it was more so like I wanted to know that I didn't have any limitations or anything. Because uh-huh. I wanted to know at least I could play soccer. I could run. I could right. ship this way and that way. So, you know, going back was mostly just for me to know that. And, you know, and I can hike and this and all that. So, right. you know, it, it taught me a lot. But it was definitely a... It was like 10 months rehabbing that. Yes, it's a, they t- it takes a year. Yeah. Where did you get your surgery? Uh, down in Guns Falls, Dr. Oh, okay. Kircher. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. All you sports people saying, yeah, you know, sports teaches you so many lessons. I don't want to have to learn that <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Tearing your ACL. But you, will go, you will go to Plaxburg and throw axes. No, I won't. I didn't say I'd do that. <laughs> I, I thought you did. No, I said I know that if I try that, I'd end up throwing it right in my leg or something You'd like chop that. your fingers off. <laughs> I mean, I hear they serve drinks there, so if you get enough of those in me, I would try it. But aside from that, although I did have a frightening experience this week that stacks up with those. Wow. I was laying in bed, watching a video on my phone, as you do in 2022. Lights were off, so it was just me watching. And suddenly something just fell, like a little piece of something, fell on my right on my phone, around the top of my phone. Would just lay that. And then it started, like, skittering across the phone. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a spider. And so I threw the phone and I let back. I've never had a spider, like, fall from the ceiling, land right on my phone Ooh. and in my bed and then just, like, start making a beeline right toward me. And so I'm like, oh, you know? And I threw the phone and then I tried to... But if it's in bed, you can't squish it because if you squish it, it's just squishing it into the bed and that's not killing it. So I tried to press it and that kept on going and then eventually I managed to squish it enough to get rid of it. But it's like that spider had a mission <laughs> landing right on my phone. So that is as bad as breaking your... Spiders freak people out. They do, especially when it lands right on your cell phone. <laughs> I would take breaking my wrist over that. Oh. No, but... Um, you like spiders, Carly? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I I don't even kill them. I'll call someone from my house. I'm like, you got to come up here and take care of this. <laughs> yes. I'm surprised I actually don't have that many spiders in my apartment, but... Well, it's winter, but... That's, even then. <laughs> yes. Well, let's see. Well, how is that guy transitioning into something well, that we're talking about happy, in the news? happy. Like, yesterday was a happy day. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. Right? Yes, it was. The annual um, North Country Chamber of Commerce St. Patrick's Day breakfast, where they give out the Irishman of the year, or woman, or person yes. of the year, which is a worthy person uh, in the community that helps uh, people with community-minded uh, events and organizations, and is just a very civic-oriented and uh, a giving kind of person. Mm-hmm. And we're happy to say that Janet Dupree was named Irish Person of the Year yesterday at the breakfast. Um, Janet, a former Clinton County Treasurer and Legislator and State Assemblywoman from Peru, who's represented this area for over 40 years, uh, retired from the Assembly uh, 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, has been incredibly active in North Country Honor Flight. 
Um, she does amazing work for that organization, contacting all the veterans, interviewing, getting the, getting their stories, telling their stories, arranging for them to go on the flights. Um, just uh, a tremendous uh, load of work that she's done for local veterans. And North Country Honor Flight has had the su success it's had, largely because of all her efforts and Barry Finnegan's and, and many others who've helped out. So good choice by the Chamber to pick Janet Dupree. It is, and yes, and, um, you know, um, whenever you meet her, is um, the, yeah, she is a... Um, she is a very strong woman, a very a firebrand, to be yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, the first uh, woman ever elected to the Clinton County Legislature. Mm. So, yes, no. And um, and I heard you were telling me a little bit about the fact that, again, they have a whole banquet hall. They call it the breakfast, you know, and mm -hmm. they often have, um, well, they're famously, it's a very, um, it's a comedy event. And they famously had a lot yes. of skits and jokes. Yep. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a lengthy event, almost two hours. Uh, uh, Matt Boyer was the MC for I think the fourth year now. Um, did an excellent job. Um, nice uh, program with lots of funny stuff, and and uh, he was helped by Kevin Colleen, who was MC or has been involved for twenty five years. Um, they did a segment called Mean Tweets. Um, it, the whole theme of the breakfast was based on late night television, so mm -hmm. I guess Mean Tweets is from one of the late mm -hmm. night shows. Mm -hmm. And they had Michael Cashman, Town of Plattsburgh Supervisor, Mayor Chris Rosenquist from the city, Assemblyman Billy Jones, and former Congressman Bill Owens participating in this pre-recorded Mean Tweets segment. It was hilarious. It was very funny. <laughs> As an example, one of the Mean Tweets was, Billy Jones is a Republican. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Which got a big laugh. And it was things like that. Um, it was well done, as usual, and attended by about 350 people. Um, I've been going to that breakfast since 1986, and I think I've only missed two over the years. Um, and it is. It's a highlight. And it was the first time in two years that we they were able to have it in person. Um, last year they did it virtually, which was well done, but it wasn't in person. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in 2020, was right at the beginning of COVID-19, and it was canceled altogether. So it was good to see everybody be back together for the Irishman of the Year breakfast uh, yesterday. That and they had it at Westside Ballroom this year. Normally, it's at Plattsburgh State, in the, the college center. Uh, but because of COVID restrictions, they, they couldn't guarantee um, when they could have it and what restrictions there would be so they it looked nice though west side ball it was now i heard that carly celebrated um st patrick's day um i guess corned beef corned beef yeah yes I mean, you, you don't to. need more than that especially when you're irish i mean i'm the only irish one in my house but you know i my mom makes it every year for me and i appreciate that you know cabbage potatoes mm. corned beef so i went home to that last night and vinegar uh, I use mustard sometimes. Ooh, so, that works too. Yeah. That works too. Yeah. But yeah, that was great to go home to yesterday. And um, my dad, he makes a really good corned beef too. So probably going to get together with him soon. Cool. And have a second celebration. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we didn't have it this year. Oh, no. My wife usually cooks one, but she was busy. Honestly, if you get a really, really nice and tender corned beef, is that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing better than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know why they call it corned beef? Because it's you 
make it with corn. No, I, <laughs> I think it was in our um, our St. Patty's Day. Yeah. I do kind of remember that, but I forget what Actually, that's a good segue. Because back when before refrigeration, I guess corn meat, the the, the cut of meat, it's 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 cheaper. Because mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of Irish people, they were they were poor when they came here, so it's a cheaper cut of meat. And the way you you kept it fresh in the winter without refrigeration was you salted it. And the salt came in these tablets they called corns. Oh, yeah. So it's salted meat, corned meat, corned beef. <laughs> handy. Very handy. Yes. But it's just the fact that, yes, that we ran this delightful graphic explaining the origins and history of St. Patrick's Day. But then we get a call from on high. <laughs> yeah, Somebody yeah, called to set little, the record straight. A little discrepancy about St. Patrick being a saint, but it got all cleared up. Everything's fine. It did. And, and I tell you that uh, we're recording this podcast today on Friday, March 18th. And tomorrow, Saturday, March 19th, is the Feast of St. Joseph, I believe, mm-hmm. which is an Italian holiday. Um, <laughs> and uh, the tradition for that is these old Italian... I grew up in Rochester in a big Italian neighborhood. And these old Italian ladies, who they would pray during the year for something good to happen. Um, their husband got a job or their kid got to college or whatever. And if it came true, their prayers were answered, they would say thank you by having the St. Joseph's Tables, which is a big table of, like, not desserts, but, like, special breads, um, muffins. Savory um, foods. Yeah, yeah, donuts and all that stuff. Um, and you invite everybody and come and feast at our table and say thank you, and it's a big deal, and... My mother took me to one when I was about seven or eight, and it was amazing. All this <laughs> wonderful food, home-cooked. <laughs> yes. So, I like St. Joseph's. Yes, I like I like a holiday that encourages, yeah, eating versus restricting what you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. But, and also, Maple Weekend is this weekend. Yes. Speaking of uniquely um, North Country... Traditions. <laughs> maple syrup. We love maple syrup. We do. It's the fact that I was telling somebody, a friend the other day who lives like down south, as they were talking about maple syrup and like talking about how, oh, you just go to the store and you get some Aunt Jemima's or whatever. Or some. And I'm like, no, you know, that's just butter water. <laughs> Log cabin. <laughs> yes. You need real maple syrup. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, know the difference. They there think it is. That, they think that uh, stuff in the store is, is the real syrup. Yes. Um, but do you think there's a difference in taste between Vermont and Northern New York syrup? Not that you mentioned it. There kind of is. Really? I always thought that Vermont was, like, darker. But maybe that's just where you get it from. And That's coming from, like, nothing. <laughs> and, and, and Quebec produces a lot as well. Mm. Yeah, Quebec, they have um, the emergency maple syrup preserves. <laughs> <laughs> where if there's a shortage, they release some of the reserve maple syrup. Very important. You like maple syrup, Carly? I do, but I actually never really eat it on anything. I just never have a reason to. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you have pancakes for breakfast a lot, you probably would. See, I don't trust myself. See, my problem with making pancakes is I'll make a little bit of batter, and then even a little bit of batter, you end up with a lot of batter, (laughs) and then you end up making way too many pancakes. Yeah. I don't need to eat, like... Two dozen pancakes. Well, <laughs> and it's hard when you're cooking pancakes. If you do them one at a time, how do you keep the finished ones warm? 
There is that too, yes. He needs a big griddle. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, but, yeah, like it's well, uh, uh, expensive per ounce. It is. Well, speaking of reserves and things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, gonna... Carly, see Carly on the podcast. We have the slickest transitions in the business. <laughs> He's going from uh, maple syrup uh, reserves to gas reserves. Yes. Fuel prices. Hashtag repeal the gas tax, which I didn't even know was a thing they could do. Uh, yeah, I'm talking <laughs> about it. But um, I'm glad we have Carly with us today because she just did a story. Uh, she's been doing stories about local gas prices and what's going on in the world. What's the latest? Well, it seems to have stabilized quite a bit. I mean, they ha- they were going up pretty fast there for a while. Mm. And, I mean, yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> Basically, that's how, they, that's how they're looking at it right now is, you know, right now it's fine, but tomorrow could be different. So I guess just kind of enjoy the fact that they're not rising 10 cents a day anymore. Oh, it's crazy. For now. It's crazy. Uh, It's been, well, it's worse than 2008, isn't it? Yes. Well, that's what Gas Buddy was saying. Yeah. These are some of the, which I love the Gas Buddy articles. I know. They're good. (laughs) They put it in very easy to understand ways. I mean, the news isn't always good news, but... Um, but I appreciated that um, you would talk to a kind of a local mom and pop um, gas station. Yeah, and she she was really informative too. You know, she she was able to tell the difference between you know now and two thousand eight. Which right. even for me, like being twenty two, I wasn't driving in two thousand eight, <laughs> so mm. I I preferred you know when I didn't have to pay attention to gas <laughs> <Yes>. prices. <laughs> so I didn't. I mean, I remember my mom, and my dad talking about it, but you know, I haven't really experienced it until now and it's not fun. <laughs> no. No, it, it it you definitely notice it in your weekly budgets at home. Um it costs a lot to fill your tank up and uh hopefully things stabilize and it goes back down because I remember 2008, it did go back down. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, it was a dollar sixty something. After it was over four dollars, so I will say is the fact that as I think I mentioned on the podcast before, just given how far I really don't have to drive to get to work and that kind of thing daily, is that I don't end up having to buy gas that often. I usually buy it about once every three to four weeks or that kind of thing, fill up my tank, and sometimes I'll just. Barely put a bit in just to kind of not spend that much on, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that. But the other day I was like, with the prices going up, I might as well fill it up while it's still fairly yep. cheap. Bite and the bullet, get it over with. And this whole time that this had been going up, I was like, eh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And again, I hadn't filled it up since like three and a half weeks ago. And then I went and I'm like, oh my God, 20, 30, 40. <laughs> no. You're right, Carly, is that, yeah, that back in 2008, I wasn't filling up my tank either. And <laughs> no, it's funny because in 2008, we had, uh, the kids were young, and we were carting them all over the place for sports or whatever, and we had this Nissan Quest minivan, um, big vehicle for kids and all their stuff, um, and it got about 19, 20 miles to the gallon, which wasn't too bad. Um, the prices kept going up, and my wife's like, that's it. I'm done. We're getting rid of this van. I'm getting a, a something smaller with better mileage. I'm like, honey, relax. It's going to go back down. It's not going to last forever. No, we're do- I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. I didn't think she would. 
I come home from work and she had traded in the van for a Honda Civic. There we go. Honda Civic. Which is great for mileage. It got about 35, 40 miles to the gallon. But I'm like, where are we going to put all the kids' stuff? <laughs> they sit in the back with it. On the roof. Well, we did. We bought a Thule oh, <laughs> for no. the roof. And it worked out. And uh, we still have the car. My daughter Sarah has it in Utah. 2008 Honda Civic. Hondas are a great car to they start are. out. Yeah, you got one. Yeah. Well, even just like for a first car. That's a great car for any any kid because yeah. that's what I had. I had the older version of a Honda Accord. Um, now I have the newer version, but they get great gas mileage and you know they're good little cars to start out with too. Yep, reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now she's talking about getting an electric vehicle. I was thinking about that the other day. Is that I wonder how many <laughs> like generationally these kind of things encourage people to replace their vehicles and to think smaller and. That you would in the heyday when you can just fill uh, her up. And <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, electric vehicle, um, I mean, it'd be okay for riding around town. Um, hey, there's a pump and... right up the street at City Hall. <laughs> there is. But if you want to go on a long trip, you might be, you know, you'd have to plan a little better. But if you're driving around, one thing to be careful of, be careful near the railroad tracks. Yes. <laughs> some excitement today, this morning. Um, got a call from Mayor Rosenquist around 9.30 saying that a train had run into a pickup truck on the tracks at the CP Rail Station um, down on Dock Street in the city. Just like it. And the <laughs> train had backed up all the way uh, northward, I think, or westward, to blocking the Lorraine Street, Miller Street intersections and. And for a while, there, Riley Avenue, mm-hmm. I believe, is the other one near mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the train blocked off traffic there. And thankfully, the guy in the pickup truck was just trying to turn around. And that parking lot's very narrow in mm-hmm. front of the train station. So he was trying to, I guess, do a three-point turn, I would guess. I don't know. And he got stuck on the, tr- the gravel near the tracks. And he couldn't get it out. And lo and behold, a freight train was coming. <laughs> so he was able to get out of the vehicle safely and get a good distance away. But the train hit the truck and pushed it, dragged it, uh, whatever, about five or 600 feet uh, down the track before it came to a stop. Um, so Again, thankfully nobody hurt. Yes. Mm. Uh, Public Works and the fire department came down. Uh, they got a back-end loader type heavy vehicle. And they hooked it up, pulled it off the train engine, which they were hoping would come free easily. Otherwise, they would have used the blow torches to cut it out. <laughs> but they got it up. They got it off the tracks, and the train was on its way around 1130. So a uh, little excitement in the city of Plattsburgh. Well, that's the other thing is we were talking to Carly a bit about the fact that, yeah, through the downtown Plattsburgh, the railroad bisects like downtown to a degree. And that, yeah, that if something were to stop the train... It can, like, literally split the place in half yeah. where you can't get through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, main, I, I forgot about Lorraine Street. Mm. Um, that's where you used to live. Yes, over yep. in that area. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it does. It goes diagonally right through the center of the city. And it's, it's a long ways around if you need to <laughs> drive around it. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it's an interesting place to have a railroad. <laughs> well, a lot of times, sometimes I come to work from Morrisonville. I'll take uh, 374 
and I'll get off the exit at 38 here and I'll go down Boynton uh, towards uh, Wheat Street to cut over to Miller Street and when I get on Boynton sometimes I hit the train and Not you can literally. wait a long time. <laughs> you can wait up to t- nine or ten minutes you can. for one of those things to go by. <laughs> With all the hundreds oil. of cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, amazing. It's, it's, it's tricky. <laughs> but yeah. again, yes. And yeah, that reminds me of the time when I going out Boynton and there was a lot of traffic. And I kind of stopped up at the red light and I kind of stopped like... On the train tracks, expecting, oh, it'll move again in a second. And then I realized it's probably not a good idea to be stopped right on top of the train tracks with a car in front of me and a car behind me. <laughs> yeah. and, and sometimes, although you don't see this much here, although I have seen it here, when you're, if you're driving down Miller Street and the arms come down, mm-hmm. there's a little delay until the train comes. I've seen people drive around the... Also a bad idea. <laughs> try to beat the train. And I posted a picture of the, the car getting uh, hit by the train this morning, mm-hmm. and I tweeted it. And a friend of mine from Long Island responded and said, this happens on Long Island all the time. Everybody's too impatient to wait, and they always try to cross the tracks, and they always get hit. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, thank God we don't have that here. <laughs> no, I can't imagine yet. The person who's like, yep, oh, nope, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it. It's like, whoa. Train goes through Port Henry, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shakes my house every time it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely not as inconvenient, like, in the middle of town as it is mm. here. I wasn't expecting to see that the first time I saw it, though. Very weird how it just goes <laughs> diagonally through, yes. <laughs> through the streets. Yep, and, and I was saying, um, at one point I was told, I don't know if it's still true or not, um, is that Miller Street crossing was the longest crossing of a public road in the country. And it's because it's so diagonal and it stretches out so long. And when you think about it, there is a lot of air, room there. Um, so thank goodness we've never had a serious accident there. I hope we never do. <laughs> Yes. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where that train has been coming through there probably 100 years. It, you're just used to it. It's just part of part of life. That's true. And, yeah, something goes right 100 times, goes wrong 101 times. <laughs> yes. But, no, everything was responded to very well today, so that was good. Yep, yep, so it's all good. So I think today has been, yeah, the, um, the episode of injuries and accidents. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, well, it always brings some adventure. Yes. Um, we're happy to talk about it. Uh, we're in the business where stories like this, that's how we make our living. So. Uh, oh, but the one thing I did want to say is, again, um, that um, Carly's um, story about gas prices will be in the paper tomorrow. Yep. And um, in C1. And, um, again, the Liberty's Garage down in Peru. And um, I like the fact that one of my favorite parts of the story was how she talked about kind of what separates them as a small business kind of thing. And an independently owned one is that... Again, they have the um, the senior citizens come in and they can hock the horn and mm-hmm. get like service and what was she saying stuff about that? Uh, yeah, how they just go out there and you know they'll replace their wiper fluid, they'll even replace their wipers, um, check the oil, you know, basic stuff like that. That if you're older or even if you don't know anything about cars, you can know, you can go there and they'll take care of it for you. And I thought that was pretty cool because. The bigger gas stations around here, they I mean, they don't really do that because they just don't have the staff right. or the want to Most do that. Most of them are self-serve. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, that's cool. And and also speaking of paper tomorrow, we will have a series of stories on the what is largely considered the two-year anniversary of COVID in our midst. Separation day. Yes, that's one of them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much two years ago this weekend was when the full force of COVID hit uh, hard and everything got shut down or was in the process of being shut down. And, you know, at the time, a lot of us thought, oh, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two, we'll be through this. And now here we are two years later. Two years. Yeah, I forget if we mentioned it last time on the podcast, but yeah, I was thinking about something, oh, like moving into my apartment, which I did in April 2020. Yeah. And then thinking, man, it's been two years since I did that. The biggest, too, is two years ago was my first semester at SUNY Plattsburgh. So two years later, (laughs) I've already gone through all college and I'm finishing up. So and I've got a job now. So it's. Two years ago goes by really quick, Amazing. and a lot happened. So, yeah, it is. When I was thinking about that, I'm like, no, that can't be right. It's been two years since. Then. <laughs> Where did the time go? But yes, um, yeah, nice little checkup tomorrow. I'm a really interesting um, yeah, piece on that. So, so but, Ben, where can they find us? They can find us on your local newsstand. You can find the podcast on PressPublican.com, Apple Podcasts, um iTunes, wherever you get your favorite. SoundCloud? SoundCloud, yes. Spotify? Working on that one. (laughs) (laughs) But most places you find our website, right? And PressPublican.com, yes. But again, um, thank you, Carly, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. We'll have to do this more often. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Good. And until next time, Joe. And with that, we thank everybody for listening to the Press Pass podcast, a product of the Press Republican here in Plattsburgh, New York. Um, Until then, we wish everybody a little weak side help. 